ladies, welcome to another Brazilian Body Show. Uh, my name is Andre, and I'm here to prove to you that we are more than samba, football, and carnival. Today we have a Russian guest. So, um, Tanya, how are you? Good night. Good. How? Good. How are Evening. you? Yeah, I'm great. Uh, we are going to talk about our similarities that we have with you and your trip to Brazil, right? So, um, can you talk a little bit about you and how started the idea to come to Brazil? Sure. My name is uh, actually Tatiana, but I go by Tanya. It's a short form of my name. Um, I live in Florida and I teach English as a second language in a community college in Florida. And I work with uh, a lot of international students and some of them are from Brazil. And since I've been teaching now for some time, uh, more than a decade, I've always been interested in visiting countries where my students come from. And Brazil has always been on that list, on the top of my list, but there was always something, either they required a visa to travel to Brazil or something, something, and it's, it's kind of expensive to go to Brazil in comparison to other countries. So I was waiting, yeah, I was waiting for a good moment to go and um, maybe I shouldn't say that, but thanks to COVID, I was able to do that. So, and I finally went to Brazil. Nice. And yeah, and uh, when we visit a new country, uh, whether we like it or not, we arrive with some certain stereotypes, right, about the country. And so Brazil was not an exception for me, even though I was already introduced to the culture through my students and I've tried uh, so much food and I know a little bit about the culture. I still had my reservations, I still had some stereotypes about Brazil, Brazilian women and men and the country <laughs> itself. And so um, I was actually glad to start my trip to start exploring this wonderful country uh, from Manaus, from the Amazon rainforest or they call it jungle, Amazon or jungle. And so that right away dispelled a lot of stereotypes for me and a lot of myths about uh, Brazil. First of all, <clears throat> I don't know about you guys, but um, when I grew up in Russia, I didn't travel a lot around the country. I actually didn't see much of Russia because, mm -hmm. you know, when you live in Russia, you want to see what's beyond the country. And so I would go and travel to Europe. I was very attracted to Europe. And then I moved to America and guess what? And now I started uh, interested in uh, South America and Africa. And I really didn't see much of America. Well, again, this summer, my family and I uh, actually took some time to travel around America and we visited some countries. So once again, I don't like to say this expression thanks to COVID, but thanks to this situation we are in now, um, I think everybody is getting more interested and in they're investing more in, uh, in the country they live in and in the nature, especially in the nature of this country, <clears throat> because a lot of you know, museums and places are indoor, uh, are closed. So um, it's, it's becoming very popular now to travel and see the nature. And so I was very glad uh, to start my uh, trip to Brazil with uh, Amazon. And so um, I was uh, in the group with uh, five more people and all of them were from Brazil. 
I was the only gringo, as they called me. <laughs> nice. And so I, I asked them, I said, hey, have you guys been here before? Have you seen uh, Amazon before? And they're like, no, this is our first time. And they admitted, they said, we usually go to America and uh, one of the popular destinations um, in, among the Brazilians is Florida. Disney, of course, we have Disney. Yes, definitely. <clears throat> and so they, uh, well, this year, um, they uh, invested their time in uh, exploring uh, the Amazon era, and I thought it was great. And so I kind, I was very lucky to experience this place, this beautiful place, with the locals. Uh -huh. uh, so I was the only foreigner there. So, and you know, I, every time you arrive to a place that is not spoiled by the civilization, it's always nice. Uh, you always relearn how to appreciate basic things in your life and we keep forgetting what we have how much we have and so nowadays especially we're trapped in the world where technology and social media reign supreme and so when we say we need a vacation where do we usually go we go to some luxury places where the pressure is even higher so it's kind of ironic and again uh, this year it's uh, well 2020 was an incredible year that um, actually prompted us to reconsider a lot of values uh, reconsider certain things in our life uh, I think to appreciate so many things in our life much more like family uh, and what we have and uh, so instead of uh, so if you want to escape this modern world, you should try uh, places like Manaus. And um, I don't want to sound like a typical tourist and say <laughs> you must visit this place, but really it's a unique place where that everybody must visit at least once. And again, I come from Russia and Russia is very rich in nature and parks and uh, you name it, but I actually, before I went to uh, to Brazil, to Manaus, I did some homework and um, I found out that um, so that Brazil is actually as big as Australia. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Right? Well, and I don't remember. I think that we have the fourth um, most biggest country in the world. I, I'm not I'm not sure. Or is it no, or is it Amazon? Amazon. Ah, the, Am the, the Amazon the, the Amazon yeah the Amazon area is actually as big as the entire continent of Australia. And I think one in five of all bird and fish species are actually found in Amazonia. Did you know that? When you're when you grew up and we, we studied about you know uh, geography. We all the time are learning about the Amazon and the, the wildlife right. there and the importance for Brazil and, you know, the world. Right. But also I found uh, very interesting that actually the Amazon rainforest depends on the Sahara Desert in Africa. Because apparently the wind brings some dust from Sahara, 
over the Atlantic Ocean and it deposits dust, uh, the dust in the Amazon. And so this, uh, these dust deposits actually provide the uh, Amazonian flora with some important minerals. And so it actually helps the jungles thrive. So thrive. So, yep. Nice. Here's a connection. Here's the connection. You're looking for a connection. Here's your connection between Sahara Desert and uh, Amazonia. So here we go. Yeah, awesome. I, I've never heard it before. Well, here's something I amazing. taught you. And, <laughs> yeah, thank you so much. Um, and I, I think that you hit the point um, because, for example, Brazilians are really interested about others, um, you know, Europe, um, America, like Miami, Florida, and on other places like France or Italy. And we forget to, you know, live in explore our own, um, own country so it's really rare to see a person from Rio or Sao Paulo that you know went to Manaus to see the Amazon rainforest so um, I think that it's important to hear from a foreigner like hey this is important and you need to go there you know because you have a lot of stuff um, and simple way of living you know like you have the jungle you have the, the indigenous uh, yeah I there. feel I feel really bad now that um, I had this huge privilege and advantage to live in Russia and to travel, but I never actually took time to travel, to explore Russia. So now after I came back actually from Brazil, from Manaus, now on the top of my list, my bucket list is actually my own country, to go and explore my own country. Yeah, uh -huh. nice. Uh, yeah, mm -hmm. one, one day I will go to... I don't know how to pronounce in English, Joanesburgo. Ekaterinburg. Yeah, and Sochi, it's really famous. It's like you have beaches there, right? Um, it's like maybe you have a little bit of sun. I don't know how does it work in the Russian sun. Yeah, I live but pretty close to Ekaterinburg. My, I have some relatives in Ekaterinburg. It's about, uh, if you take a train, uh, okay. it's about, uh, what is it? Uh, I want to say 12 hours by train. So yeah. Okay. Nice. And in, in Manaus, um, how many days you spend there, and what did you? I, live I spent. Mm -hmm, I spent uh, three nights and four days, and um, I, I was very lucky. I had a very great group, but uh, I don't think I've ever had any problems with the Brazilians. I think Brazilians are very kind and friendly people. Um, and so we kind of created this bond from day one, but I'll tell you what actually triggered all this, what helped us to create a bond. So when you, um, when you are in a situation with minimum influence of the modern world, right? You are in this place without any cell phone, without any internet connection. We actually lost power for a couple of hours every day and so some of us did not even have a chance to recharge our phones. And uh, I'll tell you, uh, one night we came home and, well, we came back to the village and after the sunset and I had to use uh, whatever power was left on my cell phone so I can see what's inside my hut. But because it was so dark, I couldn't even tell what's inside my, uh, my little hut. I try not to think about any animals, any insects, or any other creatures. 
that might be visiting my house that night. So I just, I barely found my bed. I went to bed and I'm thinking, okay, so I will wake up in the morning and I will see what's going on and I will find my clothes. And unfortunately or fortunately, we had to wake up like at five in the morning to see a sunrise. So when I woke at five, when I woke up at five in the morning, it was pitch black. It was pitch black. And now imagine it's pitch black. You have no idea what's going on. You have, you have no idea what might be inside your little place. And then you see all these different <clears throat> noises, either birds or animals. And it's just, you understand that you are in this wilderness. And so when you are with a small group, where there were six of us plus the guide, and we are in this situation, it's just you create a bond like this like you you're turning on your survival mode and so we become like very uh supportive of each other and uh only like two people could speak some english there well of course the uh the guide our guide uh, spoke some english but the rest of the group they didn't know any english so like it didn't take them long enough to switch from english to portuguese and so i was like okay what's going on what are we doing next what's going on and so at one point i kind of zoned out and i'm like you know what let them speak portuguese i don't need to understand anything so i was totally excluded from the world i didn't have to react i didn't have to respond it was just me and the nature and some portuguese and some other birds noise in the background it was it was nice but but they were nice they would translate if i asked them they would translate some important information for me but yeah. <clears throat> no, okay well, well uh, i was just going to say the village that we stayed in um it's, it's a small village and um people there are very genuine and they're much happier and they always smile to you. And that's probably an international language. When you don't speak one's language, what do you do? You just smile, right? And so they were very helpful. And this, this is actually very contagious. So at the end of the day, you just get related to the situation. Like I said, we became all good friends and it, it was just awesome. We had the best four days. It was the best. Okay. Nice. Um, yeah, just uh, unfortunately, just five percent of Brazilians don't speak English. So five percent of two hundred and ten million people. It's interesting because when uh, Brazilian students come to us, will come to me, come to a college, they they know good. They speak good English. Oh. They speak good nice. English and they always want to do their best. I I can't complain about Brazilian students. Yeah, we are like. Yeah, yeah, I'm sorry about my English because I don't speak so well. It's re really common to see a Brazilian, you know, um, like say I'm sorry to speak another language. You know? I told you because you guys are very polite and very kind, very nice, very friendly people. I still stay in touch with the with the group uh, that I spent uh, four days in the Amazon. Uh, we're all on Instagram and yeah. Nice. And which animals did you see there? Like alligators, maybe? Otos? Okay. So, because I don't speak much, well, I don't speak any Portuguese, and uh, the group would get so excited, and they would speak Portuguese uh, with each other. 
So one day they told me, hey, because we were on the river, right? Uh, the, the village is situated on the river. And so they're all swimming in that river. And they're like, hey, you should try to jump with us, jump in with us. And I'm like, well, it's kind of murky. I don't know what's in it. And I'm like, I'm asking my uh, travel guide. I said, is it safe? He's like, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. It's very safe. I said, any alligators? Oh, no, 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 no. Because I saw alligators on one of the uh, banks there. I said, oh, no, 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 no. I said, any piranhas? No, 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 no. Uh, like, uh, I'm like, okay, all right, fine. So I go there, I jump in the river for two minutes just to take a picture, video. I've been there. I've actually, I swam in the Amazon River. I come out, so life is good. The water was brilliant. It was very warm. It was very good. Um, so I come out. And then what I see? Pink dolphins in this river, yeah. like not far from that place where I was swimming. And I go, oh, okay, well, dolphins are nice, right? So, okay. So then I see alligators on the other bank of that river. I go, and I just swim here. And then <laughs> like around the corner, they took us fishing for piranhas and uh, we actually went fishing for piranhas. And so I asked now the guy, I said, you're telling me that I was swimming with piranhas in the river? He's like, yeah. Do you have a problem? Like, no. <laughs> no, it's okay. No, not I anymore. <laughs> not anymore. And then, uh, gosh, I forgot the name of that fish. It's a huge. Piraruku. Yes, that one. That mm -hmm. one. I saw it once after, of, of course, I swam in the river. I saw it once with my own eyes. It was a huge monster in this river. And they told, oh, yeah, this is the fish we have for lunch every day. So yeah. they kind of it's really good. tricked me. It's very good. First, when I first tried it, I didn't realize it was fish. I thought it was meat. It tasted no. like like good pork. I, it didn't taste like fish at all. So I really like that. So maybe there was a good thing that I did not speak any Portuguese. So I got this extreme swimming in the river, but that was nice. But then later on, they told me um, what creatures live in that or swim in that river. But the wildest experience was when we went for a walk in the um, in the jungle. Uh, well, we didn't see any animals, but we heard some animals. Well, first of all, I saw this huge butterfly. It was like like this, this big. It was a beautiful butterfly, a blue butterfly. And so, so when we um, we were supposed to spend uh, we spent a night in the jungle. And so when we got to our place and we settled down, um, so our tour guide started preparing our dinner. And so next time, well, first of all, there are all kinds of noises, uh, beautiful noises like birds or uh, some animals, it's, uh, as I call it, it's a cacophony of the Amazon. And here's the funniest thing that I noticed. I'm kind of getting off the um, jungle now back to the place the, the the village where we stayed when we first arrived there were tons of little birds and then i realized that there are actually different species of uh birds there and parrots and how do i know because they were all making different sounds but here's the funniest thing each species had its own time during the day to like to produce the sound 
to speak uh -huh. out. And then they would get quiet. All of a sudden, all of them would get quiet, and then you hear a different sound, sound of different birds. And then they would get quiet, and then there would be a third, and so it was like a choir, and it was all coordinated. I don't know how Mother Nature does that, but <laughs> it, it, it was incredible. And I'm sure Mother Nature does not use any like uh, appointments, cell phone reminders, calendar reminders, right? But it was just so beautiful. So I got used to this. I caught it right away. So when we went to the uh, to the jungle, I also could follow this pattern. And then all of a sudden, it gets so quiet. And out of nowhere, there's this huge roar. And you go, oh my God, it's not a bird anymore. It's a huge animal. It's some kind of monster. And so, and I look at my um, my travel guide, and he's just very quiet and calm. And he's making dinner. No, no. I asked him, I said, Manuel, what is this? And how close is it to us? He said, oh, don't <laughs> worry. It's on the other bank. I said, what is this? He says, uh, oh, it's a monkey. A monkey? Um, how big is the monkey? About two meters. I'm like, oh my God. So <laughs> this, it, it, it was so loud. I got so scared. And then I thought, okay, I'm a tourist here. So I must be okay because they know, right? They, they know what's going on. They wouldn't take us to a dangerous place. So, okay. So it, it was cool. So we go to bed and we all slept in a hammock. I wake up at five in the morning. It's pitch black. You in the forest, you in the jungle, it's pitch black. I wake up at five in the morning and what do I hear? The same roar, the sound of those, I don't know, baboons. I don't know what what type of monkeys. I, I think that we don't have, I, I don't know. I'm, I'm not biology, but yeah. All I know, it was this so loud, now imagine, this is so quiet. You cannot see anything. You cannot see who is next to you, what's next to you. And it's very close to the sunrise, so you can see some light going on. But first, I got so scared for like for a second. And then I thought, oh my God, this is like the coolest thing that can happen to you as a tourist. So that, that was awesome. That was awesome. I was the only one who, who heard that because I woke up early. I didn't have, let's say, the best time sleeping in the hammock. Everybody else was sleeping like babies. I Let's just say it's not my type of bed. Uh, but then everybody woke up by like uh, 6.30 and uh, our uh, guide, he was already up and he was making us uh, dinner, uh, not dinner, breakfast, and he actually made... Um, uh, coffee on the open flame so that was it was it was great it was very nice amazing and have you had contact with with indigenous people no no uh because I th I th it wasn't our agenda it was on my agenda when i was buying this tour uh but because of the covid situation yeah. uh, they they canceled that yeah but i've had you know so much experience already so i didn't really get upset i mean it would be nice to see uh the locals but i've had enough of uh, adrenaline to move on and remember it was at the beginning of my trip so it was only like my first what three three nights three days in uh, in brazil and it was it, it was let's say it was a good planning on my side
I'm glad I started with Manaus. Yeah, and I'm glad to hear your stories because it's not a common um, place for a foreigner, like when they go, come to Brazil. And yeah, I actually, sorry, I actually uh, have this thing. Do you know what this is? I brought my little souvenir. Uh, it's ouriço. Uh, I'm not sure. It's actually a dry plant, and uh -huh. it's a, it's like a brush. It's a comb for monkeys. They brush their hair. Ah, okay. Yep. See that? Yeah, nice. It's it's, yeah. it's the little needles here. They're kind of sharp. Mm -hmm. But so I bought this. I brought this as a souvenir from the jungle. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> and have you visited the city? You, you saw yes. the um, I went to after Manaus. I went to the Iguazu Falls and I stayed there for two days. And um, while well, I chose to stay in the hotel, uh, which was on the property of the park, so it was in the uh, park. So I didn't, I didn't want to because I'm a solo traveler. I didn't want to um, uh, look for uh, transportation or try kind of I tried avoiding people not to ride on buses and so on and so forth. So I decided to stay on the property. And uh, the good thing about this was um, I had actually the Iguazu Falls to myself. I woke up to see the sunrise at about six o'clock and after the sunrise I went to the park because the park is open to those who stay in the hotel and I have my video on my YouTube channel and you could see there's nobody there. It's just me and the, the falls and the sun and again was it amazing? Yes. Uh, I just came back from the jungle where I just had my adrenaline up. It was amazing. Now I am tete-a-tete, one-on-one with the falls, with the Iguazu Falls in Brazil. <laughs> it was, I don't know, what can be better than this? So I had a private uh, date with the falls. And then after that, I went to uh, Rio. I flew to Rio de Janeiro. And of course, Rio has a different dynamic. It's a different style of life. But um, I don't know. I, I always thought that Rio is, I had a different vision of Rio. I thought it would be more like New York, maybe crazier. But it's not. It wasn't. It was very. Yeah. I, 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 I actually uh, enjoyed that. I don't know. Maybe I didn't go to the crazy places. I stayed on uh, Copacabana. Um, and so I really enjoyed that area. I visited the fort. Um, it was right next to my hotel. Can't remember the name of that fort, but um, I strolled on the beach. And again, uh, I woke up to see a sunrise and about six o'clock in the morning I went to the uh, to the beach and there was nobody there and again you I'm... the Atlantic you're on Copacabana and you have a view of the um, uh, Sugarloaf Mountain what else can you <laughs> can you want from life so <clears throat> either I got very lucky or Rio is really that nice but uh, that trip was very remarkable, and again, I don't want to sound, uh, I don't want to sell anything, but you have to go. 
I can't believe I waited that long to visit Brazil. Yeah. Oh, yeah, it made me feel really happy and proud. Like, uh, yeah, guys, that you are watching this. Um, Brazil is this. Um, I I was traveling for. Um, this is my 15th state. I mean, now I'm now in João Pessoa. And I'm, one of my missions is to visit all states here. We have 27. And all the places have their own stories and they are so different. Um, you have Rio, you have um, Amazonas, you have like the Northeast region of Brazil, and you have the South with the European influence. And it, it, it's really nice to travel in Brazil you know it, it's not I'm not saying because I'm Brazilian but um, you have all the the environments like you want to see nature you have here history um, dunes waterfalls so this is this is really I nice. know I, I like I said I did some homework before uh, I wanted to visit some because it was my first time so I had to visit Rio de Janeiro Okay. And I had to I had to see the Iguazu Falls and of course the Amazon River. These are like three places I had to visit. And when I was doing uh, research on Brazil, I I was so upset because I only had so much time I could spend in Brazil, and I was so upset that I had little time because there are so many beautiful places. And of course, you have students from different places in Brazil, and of course, everyone says his or her place is the best, and I have to visit. But I still don't forget Brazil is huge. It's a big country. You know, it takes time to travel. I thought Russia was big, but uh, it takes time to travel within Brazil. So I um, and I'm following some of you guys, uh, Brazilian bloggers, and you post some beautiful pictures and I go, oh, my God, how did I miss that place? <laughs> so um, I I'm, I have to plan a second trip. That's for sure. A second trip. But yeah, it's good for you now uh, to travel in Brazil and see all the states. Like I said, it's a good time now. Yeah, yeah, it's a great opportunity. Um, of course, I'm, I'm taking care of myself and I'm wearing masks all the time, uh, alcohol as well. And yeah, um, the, the trip is it's really, it's not crowded, you know, as the usual. And, yes. Uh, and mm -hmm. people are focused on nature. So like, Beaches from the northeast, maybe Manaus um, or Bonito, which is in the central west. So yeah, the focus on now it's you know nature places. So I'm just you know trying to to to, to travel into these places um, safety. That's the yeah, most and um, um, I, I don't know if I should be talking about this, but I was warned about Brazil not to go there because of the COVID, uh, especially mm -hmm. Manaus, which was the epicenter of the disease of the virus and um but i was impressed with the uh, precaution that brazil takes um everybody was wearing masks um uh, every hotel had like hand sanitizers and they were checking my temperature and it was i was impressed with the um with the way they were handling the situation um i have to tell you i came home covid free so I did not get any problems traveling. And uh, another thing that was uh, in my favor to go to Brazil before I went, 
Uh, Brazil was one of very few countries that did not require a negative COVID test. And I was afraid of all these things and going to uh. those. And so I had several places on my list to go to. And when I checked the US government embassy website, I go, oh, no test. Brazil, here I come. And when I came back, like right before the holidays, uh, before New Year, they um, made the new restrictions and they say, yeah, Brazil now requires a negative uh, COVID test. But I had my time. <laughs> That's amazing. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, we could talk about all the, the places. Um, and do, do you have any similarity that we have with Russians? I know that we are completely different when you talk about the environment. Like you have, you know, um, the, the cold, it's completely different from here in Brazil. Our cold, it's like 24 degrees. And you know, well, I'm, like I'm not. I'm not even gonna go into the weather because <laughs> because I mean <laughs> the weather is so different. But we do have in Russia places that are not that they don't get that cold in uh, winter, like for example Sochi. But again, this year Sochi has lots of snow, and you usually don't get snow in Sochi. But um, so I'm not even gonna go into the weather. Uh, I would say um, we have. Um, both countries have tasty food. I like Brazilian food. Um, I like Brazilian desserts, and I'm very crazy about any dessert. Um, I actually found a little cafe with some uh, favorite um, sweets there. Um, I think I would say women, if, I mean, I would say Brazilian women are some sort of similar to Russian women. And when it comes to fashion so we kind of have the same a similar idea of fashion um and i before I actually went to brazil um uh, one of the uh, bloggers recommended some brazilian clothes brands and when i uh, purchased them they actually had the same fit as european clothes because in america it's a little bit different and i don't know how it's for you guys but like for me to find the a good fit dress or skirt is very hard it's easy to do in europe and it was easy to do in brazil so when it comes to that i can tell you we're very similar um other than that um i don't know <laughs> can we tell <laughs> more about of uh uh, similarities. Uh, the difference is, of course, you guys are all about music and carnival. And I actually spent some good deal um, uh, time with um, uh, talking with the Brazilian women in my group in Manaus, and we talked a lot about women, Brazilian women, and uh, music. I actually asked them, I said, tell me the first thing that the first word that comes to you when somebody says Brazil. So if I say Russia, what do you imagine? What is the first thing that comes out of you? So what is the first thing, the first word that comes out when you hear Russia? Uh, yeah, I think winter, like the first word. Okay, so when somebody says Brazil, the first thing comes to my mind is carnival. Okay. 
But, you know, I was surprised by their answers. Most of them said uh, it's diversity. And I said, you know, but America, when, when you say America, you think diversity. America is more diversity to me than like any other countries. But mm -hmm. traveling in Brazil, I actually realized that that's that's true. It's diversity. Um, once again, I only stayed in Brazil, what, for a couple of days, for like 10 days. But the diversity, how do I explain this? It's different. The idea of diversity in Brazil is different than in America. Uh -huh. um, let's just leave it at this. <laughs> <laughs> let's just leave it at this. I don't want to say, I don't want to use the word problematic, but I think diversity is a more problematic word in America than it's in Brazil. Yeah. If yeah, it makes sense. True. No, no. Yeah, I got it. Like, let's say that here you have a black and white people and you have tons between them. So you have the black, the black guy and you have a mulat, which is like me. I'm not black, but I'm not black to be white and not white to be black, you know. And you have Kafuzu, which is which, which is a, a mixture like of indigenous with black and you have white with indigenous and you have Asians as well. So we we don't have a face. We cannot describe, you know, the face of a Brazilian. I, th I think because America is the uh, country of immigrants, and maybe that kind of sparks some um, controversy when it comes to diversity, uh, because they all like immigrants come to America with their own perception, their own values, their own culture. Where in Brazil you're already born with that so yeah. it's 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 more natural than in america in america it's a process mm -hmm. they, they, like, like, they, they like they they cannot hug the the new culture let's say that right like the american culture like no i'm indian so i'm indian like my indian habits and my indian food like maybe something like that right Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. I I didn't find this um, this um, diversity as uh, like a a huge problem or it it almost like doesn't exist. Like to me, every time I hear the word diversity, I start thinking about like, oh my god, like, am I following all the rules? Am I being politically correct? Um, am I trying to accommodate everybody's needs? I think it's much easier in it's more natural in Brazil. Like you don't notice this yet. There's a lot of diversity. There's a lot of diversity in Brazil. Okay. When it comes to everything, not just color of people, everything, music, food, religions, you, you name it, you name it. Yeah, amazing. And I was searching about Russian in Brazil and I found about Bolshoi. You wanna describe what is Bolshoi for the people that are watching or listening to the video? Bolshoi is, uh, the Bolshoi theater is a big mystery. It's, uh, it's a beautiful place. I've been there twice. Um, 
uh, I was there when um, in the 90s. Now it's almost impossible to get to Bolshoi. Uh, you either have to be invited, you have to have an invitation, or you have to know someone, you have to have some connections in order to get there. And I know the tickets are expensive, but the money is not the problem, the issue. The issue is actually to be able to get a ticket. And so I've been trying to actually get to Bolshoi and show it to my children. I haven't had any luck. We have a similar theater in St. Petersburg, and it's called Mariinsky, and it's famous for its ballet, first of all. And we've been, uh, my kids and I have been in uh, Mariinsky several times. It's not a problem. There's a process, uh, but like the same, it's not that easy to get tickets to Garnier, for example, in Paris, but you can. So again, it's not that easy, but you can get tickets to Garnier. You can get tickets to all other theaters, but for some reason, Bolshoi has been this big uh, mystery that um, not many people can get into. In so, can't tell you much about Bolshoi. I don't know what's going on now. I know they went through some huge restoration a while ago, and I know it's very beautiful. It's like, you know, another place everyone must see, like Garnier. If you're in Paris, you have to see Garnier. It's beautiful. When you're in Moscow, you have to see Bolshoi. Whether you can get your tickets, that's another question. <laughs> yeah. I know. I never well, thought about uh, taking a tour, and I don't know if they even offer, like, uh, day tours to see, but uh, maybe I will look into that in the future. Okay. So, uh, in, I think, uh, 1995, they came to Brazil for a, you know, do a presentation, a ballet presentation in Joinville, which is the dance capital that we have in the Santa Catarina state. And the Russians were impressed, like for the crowd, they are like cheering, like in football stadiums, you know, and like, yeah, let's see to put, you know, a school here. And they started to oh, develop cool. this, yeah, they started to develop this, uh, this mm -hmm. school there. And I, I think, it was um, founded in uh, 20, yeah, I think uh, 2001, I think, I'm not sure. And it is the only um, Bolshoi school outside of Russia. So we oh, have cool. that. Here's uh, actually another similarity. We do like ballet and we, both countries, Brazil and Russia, um, follow the, well, the Russian ballet school. Uh, Vaganova's method. I actually have a friend uh, here in Orlando and she's from Rio de Janeiro and she is a ballerina and she teaches ballet now. She was actually a teacher for my daughter a few years ago. And here's the funniest thing. I posted uh, my pictures from Rio. No, I posted some pictures from Brazil on Facebook and she replies right away, where are you in Brazil? I said, I am in Rio. She says, I am, I will be in Rio in six hours. I'm on my way. I am, what? <laughs> we never planned this. I actually, I had not seen her for a while since my daughter stopped ballet. I had not seen her for a while and I saw her again in Rio de Janeiro. How do you like that? And her uncle actually prepared that, I can't remember the name, that famous drink, Brazilian drink. Uh, the alcoholic one? Mm -hmm. Ah, caipirinha? Yep, that's the one. <laughs> that's the one. Yep, that was nice.
was actually um, very. And she started to dance in Joinville or, or no? Well, she is in Rio and she actually showed me her school is, ne is not far from uh, Copacabana. Be no, uh, what's the beach next to Copacabana? Uh, Ipanema. Yeah, Panema, Panema, Panema. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so she said that her school, her apartment in that is in that area, and her ballet school was not far from that. So she's from Rio, and she studied Vaganova, the Vaganova method. And she, in fact, she was supposed to go to St. Petersburg this summer, but because of the COVID, it was all canceled. And so. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah, unfortunately. Nice. This is really amazing to, to, to hear. Uh, and uh, another uh, another story that I found after the Russian Revolution, um, yeah. some Russians came to Brazil. A lot uh, of Russians. Yeah, and uh, I found that place called um, Campina das Missões, which is located in Rio Grande do Sul. Um, it's the the southeast region that we have, the state, and they have. Russian church, they have, um, how can I say, orthodoxes, mm -hmm. Orthodox uh, crosses, yeah, and people speak Russian there, so how cool is that, right? You have a piece of Russia here. Yeah, yeah, uh, there, there, was a big, uh, uh, there was a big immigration move to Argentina, Chile, and Brazil, and Brazil was one of the popular destinations when we were in uh, Chile, in Santiago. We would just stroll in one of the streets. Next time I see is a Russian Orthodox Church. And I see Matryoshka <laughs> and I see all these Russian souvenirs and I go, what's going on? It's a Russian population, a Russian community there. Yeah, we actually have um, uh, several famous movies and books in Russia where Brazil is mentioned as uh, some kind of uh, uh, a good place to go to, a good place to live. And so, yeah, I think yeah. even now nowadays, uh, uh, a lot of Russians want to visit Brazil. It's on their list. <clears throat> I'll say it's more Brazil is more known, is more popular, not just because of the soccer, <laughs> <laughs> but because of this connection with the uh, because of the immigration. Yeah, um, it's more popular in Russia. Hmm. Amazing, yeah. Uh, I think that we always had this good relation. I found another thing, uh, which is an expedition that happened in the 1824, I'm not sure. And the Russians traveled inside of Brazil for some years. And you have that researchers in a museum in Johannesburg. I'm not sure the, the, Saint, Saint the, the original name. Yeah. And you have that research talking about the wildlife, People. So um, I'm not. I'm just forget the name of the guy, uh, which is Grigory Ivanovich Langsdorf. Yeah. So this guy. Good, pro good pronunciation. Had, uh, I've never heard of the guy, but good uh, pronunciation. Spasiba, spasiba. <laughs> I know a few words uh, in Russian. And yeah, it's uh, another. Um, and they they did a book. I'm reading now. It's Langsdorf expedition. Um, and it's really cool if you want to see a little bit about Brazil. So the, this Russian guy like uh, did that research. How did you get your Russian name? Um, my mom, she was like searching for names and she found Andre. And yeah, uh, that's it. I, I don't know what I have, but 
it's common to see uh, Andre in, in Brazil. You know, once I had a student and his name was Gagarin. He really? Have you heard of Yuri Gagarin, the first man in space? Gagarin? Yeah, 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 yeah. So Gagarin is last name. Oh. But because my students' parents were so fascinated with the history of uh, space in Russia, and because he was the first man, uh, so he, they named their child Gagarin. Oh, nice. Igor, it's another uh, common name here. Mm -hmm. Igor, um, Tatiana, we have Tatiana as well. And yeah, I'm not sure about all the Russian name, but yeah, it's very common here. You have a lot of Natalias. Yeah, Natalia as well. Natalie, we have a Natalie as well. And sometimes I see some um, um, last names, Russian last names, mm -hmm. you know, like I had a friend, it's like Ivanovich, something like that. So, no. yeah, maybe it's from Ukraine, that places. Mm -hmm. I'm not sure, but. Eastern um, uh, Europe. Yeah, so we, 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 sometimes, we sometimes we see these guys. Cool. So, Tatiana, thank you so much for that conversation. It was really mm -hmm. nice to see um, your histories about the, the Amazon. It was really fun. And Spasiba, thank you so much for this. Um, you have your last. Obrigado. <laughs> you have the, your last words. I have what? Uh, your last words. Oh, my last words. Go to Brazil. Visit Brazil. It's all worth it. And don't be like me. Spend more time in Brazil. I had ten days. It was not enough. But. If you just want to see the best of Brazil, my three things are Manaus, the Iguazu Falls, and Rio de Janeiro. Okay, <laughs> nice. And yeah, guys, that's it. Uh, my name is Andri. If you want to see about Brazilian Buddy, you have uh, my Instagram profile, YouTube, um, Pinterest, Facebook. And how can I find you, Tatiana? You have a YouTube channel as well, right? I have my YouTube channel. It's uh, Tatiana B. And of course, I'm on Instagram. Uh, it's fam, family, trav, traveling, love. Fam, trav, love. Okay, nice. So, so yeah, guys. three important things for me family, traveling, and love. Fam, trav, love. Nice, definitely. Yeah, me too. So, guys, that's it. I hope you like it. And I'll see you later. Ciao. Bye. <laughs>